The Dallas Cowboys have franchised Dalton Schultz. What does that mean for the rest of their offseason moves? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And today, of course, I am joined by Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, let's start with this. The Cowboys have officially franchise tagged Dalton Schultz. Your thoughts? Uh, it's it's the it's the end of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they should just turn in their uh, franchise uh, uh, rights and and just walk away from the team as. Well, it's, you know, the bad thing is a lot of people think you're being serious right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm clearly outwardly mocking these people because this is, you know, and, and, and honestly, like, I, I mean, I, I really don't understand. Like, everyone's in hyper react mode now. Like, the, everyone's just upset about just everything the Cowboys do. It's like every guy, every guy the Cowboys sign is terrible. Every guy they didn't sign is is their, you know, their well, sister's boyfriends. Yeah, you know, let's, like, let's, let's start with this. Uh, the Cowboys announced today that they re-signed uh, Noah Brown to a one-year deal. And I legitimately saw Cowboy writers and beat people yeah. like being upset about the deal. Like, yes. Listen, guys, there's a million things to get upset with the Cowboys about. Trust me, the, like legitimately so. That That's not one, right? And if anything, all it does is that it, it, it just shows you like, you know, how uh, – unuseful your opinion is if you just get upset about every single thing then, then you know you're probably going to be wrong about it I, I just think that there's some nuance in all of this there's plenty to be mad about i mean certainly we've come in here and talked about things to be mad about but like oh, we'll i don't know man like, yeah yeah i mean there's still more to talk about along those lines but the idea of paying a, a young talented tight end you know not a ton of money to play tight end for you and and, and frankly again this probably isn't going to even be the number that he's playing on this year if they if they're able to get a long-term deal signed with him. So I just, you know, I don't know. Like I, I think that there's a level of just uh freak out and finality about what's going on when we still have not even seen what what you know is about to unfold. We we still don't have any idea of exactly what is going yeah. on. Yeah, so the Cowboys did announce that Schultz is on the franchise tag. And this is what I tweeted as soon as it happened. I I think by itself, Schultz getting, you know, one year, $10.9 million isn't the worst thing in the world, right? Like, is it a, maybe a little bit of an overpay? I think we can have a discussion, right? I think he's probably worth more like the seven to $8 million a year, like the Tyler Higbees of the world. I think you think he's a little bit better than that. And that's why I think you're okay with the, basically the one year, $11 million deal. The problem that I think a lot of, Cowboy fans are having right now is that when you pair that move with releasing Amari Cooper and or Demarcus Lawrence, that's where they have an issue, right? Like releasing Cooper to pay Schultz is not something that people are all that happy about. Yeah, and I guess I, I guess my point is that I don't understand why they're pairing those things together. I mean, I, I mean, everyone's free, you know, uh, 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 presenting it and phrasing it like 
the Cowboys went into the conversations like, you know what, we got to cut Cooper to, to to franchise tag Schultz. I have an extremely hard time believing that. Like, I just don't, I don't know why people are phrasing it that way. Those are just separate parts of the roster that have to be built. Like, I mean, I, I think they wanted Schultz. I think they, they wanted Schultz with Cooper. If Cooper would take the pay cut, they wanted Schultz. If Cooper didn't want to take the pay cut and they want to, and they cut him. So I, I, I think that there's, and that's part of my issue is that, a lot of this stuff is being too closely associated as being hand in hand when, you know, obviously the cap is all related to each other because you're trying to fit all these players underneath the cap, but not all decisions are like directly handshake related to other decisions that you don't like, you know? I, I, I think there's also another thing going on here. I think there's, there's only as of this recording, it's just one o'clock PM Eastern time on Tuesday. There's only been three franchise tags given out so far. All three are tight ends. David Njoku, Mike Gusecki, and Dalton Schultz. I think the NFL is having a hard time valuing what do we do with these tight ends that probably aren't top six or seven tight ends, but are probably top 15 tight ends. How much do we pay those guys? And I kind of think the rest of the league is trying to figure out uh, what to do with them. And the Cowboys did this as a placeholder. We'll see what the long-term deal is because I I would be shocked, Landon, if he doesn't get a long-term deal. I, I don't think the Cowboys yeah. want to carry an $11 million hit on their cap this year. No, I think they just want to retain Dalton Schultz. And yeah. again, like, look at the, the – Titan is not wide receiver. And, and people need to stop pretending like it is. And in fact, frankly, I think people are reacting exactly opposite to the way these markets are. The league is – filled with wide receivers of all different talents levels of all different, you know, uh, uh, sizes and shapes that can do all kinds of different things. You know, there are many different ways to assemble a wide receiver core. There is not a ton of talented tight ends in this league. There are two or three elite tight ends. Sure. And then there's a class of tight end underneath that probably of maybe 10 to 11 players that are solid to above average tight ends. And outside of that, there isn't any really tight end talent in this in this. So, so if you but, play with a tight end, it, you need one. You you have to you have to kind of go through a lot to get one because you can't just draft one and have one play that next year. That's just not really how the position works. Unlike wide receiver and some of these other spots, I, I think the problem that a lot of cowboy fans are having with this deal, including myself, is if Dalton Schultz is getting eleven million dollars for this year, how? How much better is he than I uh, pick your tight end, Kyle Rudolph, who might get two million dollars in free agency, OJ Howard, who might get four million dollars in free agency? Wouldn't they be better off going that route and investing more in the receivers or keeping Amari Cooper than doing that? I, what do you think? I don't because Kyle Rudolph is a rental, an older rental who's less talented than Dalton Schultz, so that's not. Comparable. But those are just examples, like th- that yeah, tier but- of tight end. But I mean, you know, like, I guess my point is, is that when we have those same discussions with other at other positions, we completely poo poo that I, I, the, the, the idea of going cheap at tight end when, when it's a position that the Cowboys clearly have plans for and use a lot is not a good one, in my opinion. Like there, there's look, there, there's no there's no money in, in, in any t- tight ends that is yeah. going to be playing this this year. So the issue comes down to a lot of people, again, including myself, believe that Schultz's production was a lot based of due to all of the other talent around him. If you take away some of that talent and you give that money to Schultz, 
will he still be as productive? Will with with more attention and more coverage, is he still somebody who can produce? I don't know that answer. I, we just haven't really seen him be a focal point of the offense yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, to some degree, this. I guess the cognitive dissonance I'm having is why aren't we having these similar conversations with Cooper as well? Because despite I understand that Amari Cooper is the, is a is the one that stirs the drink or that's the the perceived notion there, but Cooper also benefited from having C.D. Lamb on the field. Sure. Cooper also benefited from having multiple wide receivers and multiple people that are. are I just are don't know if Schultz by. is somebody who, that he benefited from, right? Yeah, but the but the larger point is is that you're benefiting from the other players in your team. Everybody gets that benefit. Why is that being held only against Schultz? Is my question. You know, is it, 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 I understand that he's not the uh, uh, attention drawer that that Cooper is, or the attention drawer that CD Lamb is, and that's why the, the there's degrees of this. But he's also being paid. You know, and again. He's not necessarily going to be paid $10 million. He's probably going to be paid less than that once the, the deal is done. This is just a placeholder situation. And I, I, I you know, so that's let, why let, I can, let's say that's why I can not to be upset about this is because there's, there's, there's still more to learn here. Like yeah. there's still, you know, like this isn't the final deal. All right. So what if the, what if they do come to a contract extension and the average for the year comes out to be $12 million a year over four years? Are you still good with that? Like if that's the final number here. I mean, I think it's it's more money than I feel comfortable paying. But at the same time, you don't have a solution at tight end. Yeah. Like, you know, th- the idea that, like, you've got so many, all these options at tight end. Like, I just don't – the tight end is one of the, the one spot that it's actually going to be hard to find replacements for the guys you want. You, you may not like the replacements that are coming for uh, Demarcus Lawrence if he gets cut. You may not like the replacements, especially immediately, that you're going to get for Cooper if he gets cut. But they're really – aren't too many replacements for what you want with Schultz or what you want at the tight end position that are comparable, at least certainly not as many options. And and I think there's, there's a reason that, you know, I mean, we saw reports upwards of 10 teams were interested in signing Schultz to a, to a long-term deal. Yeah. Uh, and that, like you said, all the teams that have uh, a, fran- a franchise tag, their, their players yet, and I, I'm, I'm sure a couple wide receivers are going to follow right behind them, Eventually, but yeah. so far it's all been tight ends. And, and I, I, I you know, as much as everyone wants to get up in arms about how they think the Cowboys are, are destroying the team and all this stuff, look at what the interest was around the league. Like that kind of tells you what, what, what the inside information is there. If Schultz was so not worth $10 million, why were there 10 teams lining up to pay him more than $10 million uh, in free agency? I mean, I think part of it is there's a couple teams that have a ton of cap space, right? Like the chargers and they just don't have a tight end. Um, but it's a fair point, right? I think I think at least Schultz, he hits a lot of the things that you want if you're going to spend on a tight end in free agency. He's young. He's at least an adequate blocker. We can debate his blocking skills, but at least adequate. He's an adequate receiver, and he's healthy, right? So if you have all those, you typically do get paid. So I, I understand the point. Uh, One more thing, too, real ahead. quick. You know, yeah. the, the whole market is screwed up by the this whole change in, in the way the salary cap is being run, right? Because there are basically teams that go all the way up to the cap every year, and then they push it, push money down the road. And then there are teams that are basically collecting cap space, right? They have tons and tons and tons of money in their reserve. So what does that do? It completely whacks the market uh, completely out of uh, out of any well, kind of recognition. A good example is the, the Patriots last year, right? They had so yeah. much cap space. So they ended up paying Hunter Henry twelve and a half million a year, and then John Smith twelve and a half million a year, 
And Dalton Schultz is probably looking at it like, I've got more receiving yards and touchdowns than either of those guys, and I'm younger, and I've been far more durable. So yeah, so yeah, so the point, my point being, is that just because some guy on Twitter says he's not worth ten million dollars, I mean, look at the market, look yeah. at what's happening around the league. It's hard, it's hard for you to say that while doing any kind of research on what the contracts that are being handed out and how wildly all over the place they are, and to sit here and tell me that he's not worth ten million dollars, like, I mean, come on, like, it's just, it's what you, it's. It's the downside to paying money in free agency. If you're going into undrafted free agency, this is what you have to look forward to. I'll just say one last thing on the Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup thing. I, and I, I've been saying it the last couple of days. I just didn't want this team to come back in 2022 paying Dalton Schultz, paying Michael Gallup, and losing Amari Cooper. And all of a sudden you're paying more for your weapons than you did last year, but you're losing Cooper and expect this to be an upgrade because it's just not going to be, right? Um but I, I think that's I think that's totally fair. I think it's also fair to say that bringing Cooper back and and all everyone too and expecting that to be better as well is also foolhardy. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea probably. of just bringing ro- rolling it all back and that it would be better than it was last year is like and assuming that it would be better than last that, year. That's why I, if anything, I would just want them to re completely rebuild the offense. That's I'm fair. Fine, and I'm I, fine with Schultz, but like if you if it's Schultz and same thing I've been saying the last couple of days. Schultz, Lamb, and a rookie. That gets me significantly more excited than Schultz, Lamb, Gallup at $25 million a year, right? But we'll see. I we'll, we'll don't see disagree. I, I think I, I think that, that right now they're trying to straddle both of those two ideas when they should be leaning into, hey, let's just completely retool this offense. Yes, I agree. Uh, all right, let's take one quick break to tell you guys about BetOnline. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spots for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions Bet online where the game starts. As I was doing that live read, I just wanted to remind everybody that we were right about Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore. Just DJ Moore was a better pick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Man, all, yeah. you, all you had to do is wait all this time. And then all you had to do is wait your redemption. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> all right. A couple other Cowboys related things that we should get to. Uh, first and foremost, they announced that they have restructured the contracts of Dak Prescott and Zach Martin saving the team $23 million. Uh, not surprising, right? Because the, the Dak contract <laughs> the Dak contract was built to have this restructure in mind after year one. Mm-hmm. Zach Martin is a prime candidate to get restructured because I think they plan on having him for a long time. It'll be interesting to see if they restructure anybody else. But uh, just general thoughts on them opening up $23 million here. I mean, it's just procedural, really. They they knew that they were doing it. We knew that they were doing it. They did it. Yeah, it's it's not really surprising. It's just it's it's what they're doing to kind of help pay to pay their way here. Yeah, uh, you have to do these kind of moves when you're paying Dalton Schultz top five money, right? <laughs> I mean, for for the for the next two months before he signs his no, new deal. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, all right, some other news. Uh, 
a couple different people, including Todd Archer and Clarence Hill, reported that the Cowboys would like Cedric Wilson back, but they're gonna they believe they're gonna be priced out of that market. I know Cowboy fans are upset about this because they really like Cedric Wilson as a third receiver. However, this is the type of move that I that I actually agree with him with. Don't pay Cedric Wilson eight to nine million dollars a year when you really only ever want him to be your third or fourth receiver, right? Like if they lose him, not going to be all that upset. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I mean, you guys want to pay Cedric Wilson $9 million, but don't want to pay Dalton Schultz $10 million. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Like, uh, I mean, I, yeah. well, I, I don't know if Cowboy fans know that he's going to get paid that much. I think Cowboy fans were hoping to get him at like four or $5 million a year. I think yeah, the Cowboys were hoping it, to get him less than that. But And fine. that's the problem, right? Is that ultimately, like, we all want him for the price that we have in our minds. <laughs> like, you know, we're not cap experts or, or s- s- contract experts. Uh, and the ones who are are telling you, hey, guess what? Michael Gallup is not going to a one-year $6 million. You know, I'm still seeing that. Like, we all guessed that. But, I mean, you have to be open to be wrong about the idea that, like, because a guy tore at ACL that he's going to take a year, one-year $5 million deal. And the same thing goes with Cedric Wilson. We shouldn't just assume because, oh, he was our fourth receiver. He would be glad to come back and be our third receiver for only – four or five million dollars well, compare that to another deal that happened today the lions signed josh reynolds to a two-year deal, deal worth 12 million dollars so six million a year he had 300 yards last year and cedric wilson doubled that and can play on special teams and he could be your part returner i mean you just never ever were going to get him at four million dollars a year right i mean maybe you could if you hadn't signed that zeke contract wait no that didn't have anything to do with them. Right. uh makes sense yeah it's it's you know it's it's one of those things where you just you you evaluate the, the player, you assume that you have a, a good evaluation of it. And again, like I, I just think that the market is not as predictable as it was a couple of years ago because of all because of the, the wide differences in how much cap space these teams have from top to bottom. It's it's throwing the market completely out of the loop. I also want to let people know a little bit about Cedric Wilson. Like didn't play in 2018 because of an injury. 2019, he had 46 receiving yards during the whole season. 2020, he had 189 receiving yards. So the first three years of his career, you were looking at somebody that had 235 total yards. Like we, I, I vividly remember us talking about this during the preseason. Like, hey, are the Cowboys going to cut Cedric Wilson before the 53-man roster cut down because they could save $2 million here? Like, is there that big of a difference between Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson? Maybe not. They actually, they held on to Wilson and he, to his credit, had a nice year in year four. Yeah. But you're talking about a wide receiver four that didn't break out until this year. That's, I'm okay letting this player walk, recouping a fifth, sixth, you know, round compensatory pick. He's not going to make or break your season, right? He's not going to be the difference in you making the Super Bowl or not. No. And again, you know, why would you want to spend that kind of money on a down roster wide receiver when there are tons and tons of wide receivers coming into the league every single year? Uh, you can get them on cheap yeah. deals and get them to produce yeah. early. So I, I think wide receiver is a position that is headed towards the way of running back, you know, where there's just a ton of these guys. There's a ton of these guys coming into the league. There are some top-end guys who I think – I mean, I think the difference between running back and wide receiver is that there are some top-end guys in the league that have make more of an exponential difference than probably the top-end running backs do as yeah. far as, you know, yeah. 
but I, I think for the vast majority of the wide receivers, there isn't. I think for the vast majority of the wide receivers, they are all fairly replaceable simply because there are so many of them. The, uh, the talent level coming out of college has increased exponentially since passing camps that started happening in high schools. These kids are coming into the league having run routes since they were seven, six, 15, 16 years old. I, I, I don't disagree with you that you could find like wide receiver threes and wide receiver fours easier now than ever before. I don't necessarily think you can find wide receiver ones and even wide receiver twos. I think you can find, but like the, the legit number one guy that can consistently win against one-on-one coverage. Those guys are still hard to find. I think it depends on what you're trying to do. You know, I mean, I, I mean like, in, and also whether you need that kind of player is, is really based a lot on what your offense is. I mean, frankly, like, uh, the Cowboys had two of those type, number one type receivers last season, and they had a hard time finding enough balls for everybody uh, and getting the production level that they wanted. And they spent a lot of money for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's, you know, I think teams are looking at what's happening with uh, Debo Samuel in San Francisco, and, and they're seeing that, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily need a number one wide receiver in order to get the production out of your offense, you need an offensive weapon that you can kind of move around and do a bunch of different stuff. And then you need outside wide receivers, you know, like I I think that the outside wide receivers, the X's, they can be a little bit more physically difficult to find because there is like such a specific kind of body type you want. But I I think the idea that you need to have uh, a top end wide receiver one to, you know, win it all. I mean, I I think that's what happened with, with the Rams, but I don't know that that's necessarily um, always the case for every offense to have success. Uh, so uh, I think other teams are trying to find ways to you know, skin that cat in a different way. Uh, last thing that I want to mention here, uh, Noah Brown, we mentioned him at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, was confirmed that he got the veteran minimum deal, which is fine. Right. Uh, actually younger than Cedric Wilson set careers mm-hmm. highest this year in receptions, receiving yards, yards per reception, uh, yards per target actually went up. I know it's an incredibly small sample size, but yeah, sure. uh, I mean, listen, he's a, he's a, good player like he's a really good wide receiver five and if you force him up into a bigger role in a wide receiver four you're going to be okay um good yeah. special teamer good blocker teammates love him i'm actually really excited about this move i i didn't want to see him go and it gives you a really safe wide receiver floor like if you go into the draft with michael gallup cd lamb noah brown Sammy fahoku and i'm going to assume like malik turner probably going to be back at least you have a a NFL receiving core, right? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the issue. I mean, if you look at what was what the Cowboys currently had on their rosters in yeah. terms of wide receivers and tight ends, the cover was essentially bare. Yeah. You know, so uh yeah, I think you know getting Noah Brown at least gives somebody who's familiar with your offense into that room besides uh uh, uh CeeDee Lamb. Plus the coaches uh, love him. They absolutely yeah, and, and, and frankly, we still have to have that guy that uh on the field the moment he catches the football, we aren't a hundred percent sure whether it's CeeDee Lamb or Noah Brown. That yes, that moment that little still split fun. second there, yeah. That split second where you can't tell if that's a five or an eight on his back yeah. uh is 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 always fun too. If, so if I know I like Noah up- Brown. He's, yeah. he's such so versatile and you can use him in so many different ways. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great, he's not quite where Cedric Wilson was last year, but I think he can be that kind of role in a different way and still be incredibly useful. Uh, and I'm actually glad that he's around because I think like Simi Fahoku is somebody that can learn a lot from Noah. Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Like, find a way to make the roster as a blocker and to get on the field on special teams and the, 
to get on the field in sub packages, or not even sub packages, but certain offensive packages. I think it's, I think it's good. So uh, I'm never ever going to complain about signing somebody like Noah Brown to the roster at a vet minimum deal. Yeah, I he probably won't even count against the salary cap because of the top 51 cutoff. So that's true. Uh, yeah. Don't don't need to worry about that at all. Uh, all right, one more quick break to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts that you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right. The last thing that I wanted to mention to you is a couple mock drafts. So you typically see after the combine, these are when mock drafts are the most accurate because you've got all these scouts, uh, coaches, general managers, decision makers all in one place. They're out late at bars talking. Uh, and this is when you see a lot of new information. So I thought it was really, really interesting today that Lance Sierlein of NFL.com, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, and another mock draft uh -oh. I can't remember out of my head, all mocked the same player to the Cowboys at pick number 24. And that player is Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from mm. uh, I, I believe we're going to talk about him soon, like do an in-depth scouting report. But when you first hear that name mentioned with the Cowboys, what do you think? Uh, I think it does, Bryant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't watched a ton of Burks yet. I mean, that's that's kind of been my, that's my assignment tonight, actually. Um but I have seen a little bit and I know that, you know, he kind of, he was one of the few wide receivers who had a disappointing testing day yeah. um, uh, in, in, on a, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it was. Like, we haven't got to show. talk about the combine yet because there's, there's yeah. so much news. We but. will, we promise. It's just, there's yeah. just a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. I just think um, I, I like, I like the idea because what I feel like the Cowboys need to do is kind of better mix and match the type of wide receivers they have. And it kind of, again, makes me wonder if that's part of their thought process with the Amari situation is that, th that now they want to kind of, and not again, not speaking to any of the other stuff, just, just speaking schematically. If they want to like kind of move towards a more, uh, versatile wide receiver core. I think the issue, and we've, we've talked about this even when CD Lamb got drafted, is that Amari and CD are very kind of similar players in some ways. Uh, you know, I, I think Amari is more of a, of a route runner, um, and, and I think uh, uh, CD is a slightly more uh, of a yak guy. I mean, after the catch. Um, but I think that, you know, the, 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 what this allows the Cowboys to do is kind of look for a different type of wide receiver, or at least someone that maybe you can kind of complement with, with CD lamb a little bit more. Uh, and I think that someone like Burks would be interesting because, you know, he kind of can be, he's also very much kind of a yak guy in that sense, yeah, but is. I do think, but I do think that he's, uh, uh, a little bit more of a kind of, um, 
like more 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 of the yak guy in the sense of of Debo Samuel, right? Where you you can right. get the ball with right. him in short situations, and he can make big plays out out yeah. of it. Uh, I think with 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 the CD, you're getting the ball to him a little bit further down the field than letting him just run through safeties and that sort of thing. I think that you know even though uh, Cooper is maybe the best slant route runner route runner in the entire NFL. Um, I think that this is a guy that if you can Burke is a guy that if you can get the ball on a slant, I mean, it's not going to be as easy as it is with Cooper, but he's going to, he's going to do more with it after the catch, right? Like, I mean, Cooper, despite being a very big receiver, wasn't always, uh, you know, an elite after the catch guy. I think that Burke, you know, eventually could be a little bit better than him in that specific area in the NFL eventually. Um, Now you lose something obviously with uh, Amari is an incredible route runner, uh, you're not necessarily getting that in Burke immediately, um, but he is in the sense that you know Des Bryant was kind of this um, athletic, uh, explosive, very physical to break, very physical, very hard to bring down sort of wide receiver uh, that you kind of just want to get the ball to and see what happens. I think that's kind of why my first thought goes yeah. to Des Bryant when they talk about Burks. Yeah, so we're gonna do a deep dive on some first round receivers that the Cowboys could be interested in. Um, we're going to talk about just spoil on the show. Chris Olave, Jamison Williams from Alabama. And then uh, I know we talked about maybe doing Jahan Dotson from Penn State, but I think we should add Traylon Burks in there, right? Because, okay. because of this news. But I don't disagree with you. Like we talked about this all offseason so far. Like the Cowboys need to find an easy button on offense, right? If they need seven yards, you don't necessarily need to have Amari Cooper having to win a one-on-one matchup. But if you can throw a screen out to somebody like Traylon Burks or give him the ball in the backfield and get yards that way, that would help. My biggest issue, though, with this, Landon, is if you draft someone like Traylon Burks, is your offense going to be a little too slow? Like, I know he's really dynamic after the catch, but you've got CeeDee Lamb, who's a 4-5 guy, Burks, who is 4-5-5, uh, Michael Gallup, who's a four-five-two before the ACL injury, you just signed Noah Brown, who's like a four-six receiver. Uh, is, is this offense going to be too slow? I, I listen. I'm going to spoil the show a little bit, but I have Burks as my number one receiver in this class. I'm just not sure he's the best fit with the Cowboys. I feel like they need somebody who is a little bit more explosive and a little bit quicker that can win with route running, and I'm just not sure that it's Burks. Yeah, I I agree. Actually, I, I mean, it kind of you know, you know what we were just talking about with Burks. I think the idea is that you know he can do some things that you know maybe you you want in your offense. Uh, he kind of just does it in a different way. I do think the Cowboys would benefit more if they could find a way to get Williams on this team mm-hmm. or someone that has burner speed and 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 is a is a yak threat that way right you yes. get him the ball yeah. and he can and he just run run around every while he's already right? moving right yeah exactly you know yeah. i i think and, and honestly going back to cooper again like cooper was another guy who who could easily who could you know get downfield and make plays without a doubt but he wasn't a burner necessarily no. you know he wasn't someone who was like just running past corner cornerbacks like that i mean he makes his move makes you fall down and then and then he runs past you so uh, I think that the Cowboys could use that kind of talent on the, on the field simply also because 
you know, you can give them jet sweeps. You can just do a lot of stuff and, and kind of mix in that type of player and then potentially play them in the slot, you know, get them a free release, stretch the field vertically and, and give Lamb and Schultz and whoever else a, 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 a room to operate underneath. And I think that that has been part of the issue with, with the Cowboys passing game at times is there's, you know, in, in situations where they're, where they're playing man coverage, the, uh, the Cowboys were able to kind of find ways to get open with some of their players, but in situations where they were playing zone and playing with a shell over the top, it was tough to push those safeties back to give the rest of the wide receivers room to operate because they just didn't have the speed to, yeah. to test teams deep. Who was the last receiver that they've had that's really scared teams vertically? Like it's just going to run past them. I mean, I feel like Gallup was sort of like that, sort but, of, he, but, but he didn't, have, but he, but he didn't right. have like that kind of speed. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, like Gallup has been the closest thing this team's had. Like Gallup has been the guy that they have actually used as the kind of vertical field stretcher. But he, but it's it's only ever effective when he's able to complete those field passes down the field. Yeah. It's not like he's enough of a threat to like he's not going to run by you. And there's yeah. going to be 15 yards of separation, right? Like they yeah, just exactly. They he's a very good contested catch player. But 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 what the Cowboys need in their deep game is someone who's a yard or two past the cornerback when the ball gets thrown. I think that's, that's what this offense has been missing a little bit of. They need a rocket Ishmael, right? Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, let's see Joey if we can Galloway. trade two first for it. Yeah. <laughs> <Joey> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's what, what do we got? We got, we got a first round. We can trade two first rounds yeah. for that kind of guy. I do. I think they need somebody that has the, Oh shoot speed. Right. To try to yeah. censor. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, look who has had, a more interesting uh, free agent or or just you know transactional career than Brandon Cooks, right? Oh and, my and gosh! A, yeah. And there's a yeah. reason, right? There's a reason he yeah. keeps getting traded for first round picks, right? Because he's got a, a level of speed that's just hard Four, to three speed, he can get behind right? defenses. It, it just happens all the time. And even if he's not producing at a crazy high rate, that those players are incredibly valuable simply because of all the cushion that they provide for the rest of your offense. I mean, and look at Deshaun Jackson, even over the last five years, right? He can't stay healthy at all, but teams keep paying him and trying to play him because the league is so desperately in need of guys like that. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys are searching for more kind of team speed at wide receiver this offseason. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow to preview some first-round receivers, and we'll talk about their fits with the Cowboys, uh, how they would fit in with CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott and all that kind of stuff. So uh, listen to podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow the show on YouTube. Check us out on Twitter at Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.